God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh, so we had a uh, State of the Union address sort of thing going on last night. And uh, I would imagine the ratings are going to be terrible for that, just like they were for the Oscars. I think that they're all connected. I think that uh, people are sick and tired of the fraud and uh, everybody knows that whatever Biden is saying, he doesn't even know what he's saying. Uh, and in fact, that's the seems to be what's trending on social media. Uh, that a lot of um, a lot of people seem to think that it's just words, platitudes. It's just a bunch of hot air, a bunch of different things like that. You know, uh, Breaking 9-11 just said, uh, Justin, the Washington Post fact-checker Glenn Kessler announces that Washington Post will stop fact-checking the Biden administration, says Biden's falsehoods are the fault of prepared texts vetted by his staff. He can't even get blamed for that. (laughs) That's crazy. I have learned my lesson, Kessler tweeted. Maintaining the Trump database over four years required about 400 additional eight-hour days over four years beyond our regular jobs for three people. We will keep doing fact checks, just not a database. So they're not going to fact check the way they tried with Trump. Before the speech, Jim, Jim Acosta from CNN, he writes, Biden to refer to January 6th insurrection as the worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War in speech tonight. And Greg Price responds to that and says, 3,000 Americans died on 9-11. That's kind of crazy that someone would make a statement like that, like Jim Acosta, one of the leaders of the CNN News Network. So, the only person that really got murdered on January 6th was Babbitt, Ashley Babbitt, 
and they're concealing who killed her. Some black Capitol Hill police officer got didn't even have to go to court like Chauvin because apparently the victim was a woman, white, and a Trump supporter who was merely walking through a hallway unarmed and got shot in the neck and killed by a rogue police officer and they don't even want to take that guy to court. They don't even want to reveal his name. Think about it. It's absolutely stunningly absurd, the hypocrisy of it all. Emerald Robinson writes, it's strange, it's strange that when John Kerry gets into trouble for helping Iran, Rudy Giuliani suddenly gets raided by his the feds. You heard about that, right? Rudy Giuliani got raided yesterday. And apparently Victoria Tunsing got raided as well. And there's a pretty good remark from Giuliani's son who basically said the only evidence that they found wasn't it didn't even belong to Rudy. The only evidence that was found belonged to the current president's son, Hunter. We're talking about the pictures and videos of the president's son, Hunter, prancing around naked with underage girls all over the world on porn sites and elsewhere. Talk about a national security hazard. Talk about leverage over the existing sitting uh, uh, leader in the Oval Office that was not even duly elected. Let's take a listen to Giuliani's son. Rudy Giuliani's son, Andrew. The only piece of evidence that they did not take up there today was the only piece of incriminating evidence that is in there. And it does not belong to my father. It belongs to the current president's son. The only piece of evidence that they did not take up there today was the only piece of incriminating evidence that is in there. And it does not belong to my father. It belongs to the current president's son. I like those apples. I didn't even know uh, Giuliani's son. I didn't know his son. I, I pretty was pretty where he had children, but I didn't. I, I never saw his son. And uh, there he is. So Emma Robinson wrote, the GOP is so upset about Biden's radical agenda that 20 GOP senators just voted for Samantha Power to run USAID today. Samantha Power. Remember, she's that pundit that was on Fox News and elsewhere. She was a liberal. She kind of hated Trump. Well, the GOP is so upset that about Biden's radical agenda that 20 GOP senators just voted for Samantha Power to run USAID. That's the same Samantha Power who illegally unmasked Americans to spy on the Trump campaign. What does the GOP stand for? Nothing. It's the primary mission of MAGAPAC.org and BugleCall.org and everything that we're doing on this show, Scott Adams Show. What are we doing? We're not even fighting 
I'm not even tuned in to what the Democrats are doing right now because I could care less what the Democrats are doing right now. I know they're there under falsehood. I know that they shouldn't be there. They didn't earn it. And the numbers will reflect that. If a guy gets 81 million votes, chances are he's going to have a really big night. Turns out that everybody sitting in the room was wearing a mask, all social distance, and everyone had a vaccine. What a fraud. When Jen Psaki was asked about why it is that Joe Biden wore his mask at a world leader summit, climate change summit, talking about climate change, just to double down on controlling of people. The answer was to make a statement. And what's that statement supposed to be? You got to be a moron to live in this world now? Somehow um, you got to wear a mask while you take a shower? Alone? I mean, what, what kind of stupidity is that? That you can't walk into a field miles of open space without wearing a mask? That's not even, that's not a message. It's that kind of messaging that makes it so you don't believe anything that they say. Pragmatism is what we're looking for. And Andrew McCarthy lacks it. He always has lacked it. Andrew McCarthy is now pushing for Tim Scott to be president because he gave the rebuttal speech, ignoring the lion in the room, not the elephant in the room, not the rhino in the room, not the donkey in the room, ignoring that Donald Trump is still the heir apparent to his, his seat in the Oval Office if he wants it. And the people will decide whether or not they want Donald Trump. Right now, Donald Trump's poised and ready to hold another rally. He's the first and only pragmatic leader we've ever had, where he talked about transferring power from Washington back to you, the people. You know, President Biden wanted to talk about America as a concept and talk about an idea. It's a country. It's not an idea. It's a country. And we the people is not the government, sir. We the people are the people that empower government officials to represent them accurately. Not to push redistribution of wealth schemes and take from the rich and give to the poor and give to take from the poor and give to the rich. It's the same problem with race. And this race, critical race theory that they have going on. They have this critical race theory going on. And Tim Scott did make a couple of great points. He talked about how the way you beat racism is to not, not throw in more racism, but less racism. Let's just take skin color out of the equation. Let's move on from skin color. But to say you're going to actually punish white people for something that their ancestries did to help out black people isn't advancing the ball for racism. It's 
it's doubling down on the stupidity that the Democrats once had about Jim Crow and segregation and KKK and lynching black people. That was all Democrat ideas. George Wallace, Democrat of Alabama, stood in the door and didn't want integration in the schools and didn't allow those two little black girls to walk to school. Robert Byrd from West Virginia, a Democrat, was adored by Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden himself. And he was a grand wizard of the KKK, the last grand wizard of the KKK to ever walk the halls of the Senate. And the KKK itself was a Democrat idea born in the South where at the time there was all Democrat governors. It was only the only time that those states turned red, ruby red, how Mississippi became Republican and how Alabama became so red and Georgia was a red state wasn't because of the Grand Wizards and the KKK Old Boys Club running the show. It was because there was carpet bagging going on. There was pragmatic, uh, tolerant Republicans who fought against slavery that worked their way down to leadership roles and opportunities in the South and fought for equality. The 13th and 14th and 15th Amendments in the wake of the Civil War were all advanced by the Republican Party. The Republican Party that was established in 1854 to abolish slavery And when they ran their first candidate in 1856, they lost to Buchanan. But then in 1860, they got Lincoln. And he had the Gettysburg Address and the Emancipation Proclamation. You had the 13th and 14th and 15th Amendments that followed. And you had the Republicans pushing hard for equality to make it so a black person's not treated as three-fifths of a man, but a whole person. Well, now, you know, trending on Twitter, Jack Dorsey loves racism. And Jack Dorsey was pushing Uncle Tim. wonder what that means. It's somehow Tim Scott's an Uncle Tom. Why not just say what you mean? Why not just say it? It's that stupid anyway. But our leadership in the Republican Party is really where the fight is for MAGAPAC.org and and BugleCall.org. That's why our primary goal is to actually advance America First ideas and policies that can make America great again. And our primary goal is to make sure that Rhinos like Liz Cheney and Lisa Murkowski, who are all up for an election in 2022 to be primaried out of office. Shame on the Washington Examiner, for example. Supposedly a conservative magazine. But I live here in the Beltway in Washington, and they have this magazine that, that is in one of those little um, boxes on the corners. The Washington Examiner does that. And you open up the box 
I don't even know if it's free or if you have to put a quarter in it. But Lisa Murkowski blessed the cover of their printed magazine, the Washington Examiner. Why even give her two seconds of airtime? Because as Roger Stone accurately put it, even bad press is better than no press at all. People need to forget about Lisa Murkowski. She is not relevant. She represents about 12 people in Alaska right now. And all 12 of them are probably American-hating fools. There's not a lot of people in Alaska. And certainly there's not a lot of people in Alaska that support Lisa Murkowski. She's run the statewide seat, a Senate seat, a U.S. Senate seat. Who does she represent? The only reason why she gets her palms greased every time there's a piece of legislation that's somewhere down the middle is because she holds out for a higher price, like a call girl. She is that disgusting. That these, these people, these individuals, and I, I would even say Joe Manchin's even just as bad, or Susan Collins is just as bad. They run these small states and they hold out on purpose so that they could be a swing voter, and that makes them more relevant than if they ever you know, were to weigh in on anything. Nobody really cares about what they have to say right now. Their power is very limited in terms of their representation of how many people they serve in Congress. So... Daily Caller writes this. They say, on the move, Biden focuses joint session address on jobs and families. Well, he's talking about also uh, taxing the rich. I was thinking about this before the show, and I was thinking, you know, how ridiculous is it that they create the problem to where Bill Gates gets $200 million on a $10 billion or $200 billion on a $10 billion investment with vaccines? And Bill Gates turns around and says he doesn't want to share the recipe with developing nations because he wants to hoard the money. Some philanthropist, right? But also, if you look under the world of COVID, it was the rich that got rich. They got like huge dividends. And it was the poor and the middle class that got crushed. And Biden's administration turned around and gave 1,400 measly $1 bills to struggling Americans while he gave about $15,000 to every illegal that spit in our faces and violated our laws to the point where he even made it illegal to say the words illegal alien. There, I said it because that's what they are. So they come across the border illegally. They're alien to our foreign. Uh, they're, they're foreign and they're alien to our country. They're illegal aliens. But somehow that's just too harsh of a word for Joe Biden. So Richard Grinnell writes, reminder, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris did nothing to secure the vaccine. Thank you, Donald Trump. Do you think that McCarthy would stand up and say that? No. Rick Grinnell did, though. The Bradford file, Joe Biden has no idea what he the hell he is reading tonight, and everyone knows it. Charlie Kirk writes, 
Retweet if tonight is making you miss Trump more and more, or more than ever. Charlie Kirk also tweeted, Every person in this room is vaccinated or has had the virus. If the vaccines work, why are they all wearing masks and distancing? I thought that once you get the vaccine, we can get back to normal. Liar, right? They lied, right? They're liars. Who could trust anything that comes out of their mouth anymore? So this guy who has a foul mouth, uh, who tweets a lot, his tweets are actually pretty funny. He says, Mitt Romney's just sitting there like a sack of what? <laughs> the Bradford File writes, America is ruled by shameless, crooked, fear-mongering idiots. This is the sentiment of people across America. And I know it because I see the likes and the retweets on these things, and they're trending. Heather Childers, she writes, every person in that room has been vaccinated. Why are they wearing masks? Rising Serbit writes, if this doddering, bumbling Italy got 81 million votes, I'm a Roman emperor. Like I said, I can't wait to see the ratings on this. I can't. Cheryl Atkinson writes, the messaging is confusing. Why is Biden not wearing a mask or... Why are Pelosi and Harris wearing masks? And it says here, Ted Cruz literally falling asleep in Biden's speech. He is all of us. And Benny writes We that. can actually, if you actually want to solve a problem, I've sent a bill to take a close look at it. We have to also have to get at the root problem of why people are fleeing, particularly the, to our southern border from Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador. You have to get to the root problem. Think about how disingenuous that statement is. You you haven't figured it out. Have you ever taken like supply and demand at Econ 101? It's they have nothing. They're coming for the promised land to get something. And you're waving a carrot in front of their nose saying they can cut in front of the line. He can't figure this out. He's been in office for how long? Joe Biden, since, what, 1972? For 50 years, this guy's been in in Washington, D.C., and he doesn't know the answer to why people from El Salvador and Honduras are coming to America for a better way of life. He doesn't understand that. And he wants to muck it all up by putting Kamala Harris in charge of it And guess what? She doesn't even spend one second down at the border. Somebody pulled uh, Biden aside and said, please, sir, come down to the border and check us out. Meanwhile, you know, uh, Customs and Border Patrol are doing the best they can to arrest all these people. But they got this catch and release coming back and all this other stuff that's allowing for these illegals to just penetrate our cities, they're being flown all over the place. They're being given money. They're being given lodging. It's a systematic way to get these people to be uh, ID'd, give them a voting uh, registration, which gets them a ballot that they'll never, ever see. And that ballot will actually turn into a vote for a Democrat without that person ever even knowing how to vote. That person didn't even know how to register. 
That person didn't know how to vote. That person's not eligible to vote. That person's not legally a voter. Yet that person will have an ID. That person will get a ballot. That person will get registered. That person will actually vote. And that vote will go to a Democrat. And it'll probably be distributed in a state or a city or a district that needs that vote the most. And that's already been proven that that's been done. Where ballots were generated and sent and received the same exact day. When my mail, my post office, doesn't deliver stuff for over a month sometimes. Buck Sexton writes, the only life lost in the insurrection was an unarmed woman shot in the neck through a locked door by a Capitol Police officer. Biden is a disgusting fraud. He's talking about the January 6th thing being the worst thing since 9-11. Worst attack on American soil. Since, oh no, I think he said the Civil War. And someone reminded them about 9-11. That's right. So Joe Pollack writes, Tim Scott's response to the president was the best in recent memory and perhaps the best ever. Joe Pollack. Joe Pollack actually didn't like Trump there for a while, but wrote a book, and then he loved Trump because Trump was seen on the tarmac holding his book. Trisha Flanagan writes, Breaking FBI and has executed a search warrant at Victoria Tunsing's home, citing alleged involvement in Ukraine. This smacks of a Democratic preemptive strike for a fake impeachment 3.0 in preparation for a Trump 2024 run. Democrats must be very afraid. Biden says, Our Constitution opens with the words, As trite as it sounds, we the people... It's time we remembered that we, the people, are the government. What? That sounds awfully strange. Wow. Let's take a listen to how out of touch this old loser, old geezer, is. Our Constitution opens with the words as trite as it sounds. We, the people. It's time to remember that we, the people, are the government. You and I. We the people are the government, you and I? Who is he speaking to? You're not the government, are you? Um, I'm not the government. No, I elect a government, government official to represent my district. I, resent, I, I vote for a government state official to represent my state. Hmm. I'm not the government, are you? No. I think he's got this all backwards. Our Constitution opens with the words as trite as it sounds. We the people. Well, it's time to remember that we the people are the government. You and I. Not some force in a distant capital. Not some powerful force that we have no control over. It's us. us. It's us. Tell that to the guy in Montana who, who, where the capital is a distant building. <laughs> Listen to this again. It's in a distant capital. Not some powerful force that we have no control over. It's us. It's we the people. 
we have no control over? We're not even allowed to walk into the Capitol building anymore. We're not, it's not the people's house anymore. It belongs to the government who's stealing money out of your pocket. In another era, when our democracy was tested, Franklin Roosevelt reminded us, in America, we do our part. We all do our part. That's all I'm asking, that we do our part, all of us. If we do that, we will meet the center challenge of the age by proving that democracy is durable and strong. What the heck did that mean? He just read that. You could see his eyes laser beamed on the teleprompter. Listen to the scripted language. We will meet the center challenge of the age by proving that democracy... We will meet the center challenge of the age. What the heck does that mean? Challenge of the age by proving that democracy is durable and strong. Autocrats will not win the future. We will. America will. And the future belongs to America. Our Constitution opens. Wow. That is scary stuff, right? That is scary as can be. That guy doesn't have a clue as to what he is saying. So Jewish Deplorable writes, fun watching the libs with Black Lives Matter in their bio, go full David Duke on Tim Scott. (laughs) Will Chamberlain writes, America is an idea. No, it's not. It's a country. I like that. So America is an idea? No, it's a country, folks. It's a country. So Chuck Ross writes, after Biden's speech and Tim Scott's response, CNN is spending all of its energy tearing down Tim Scott. Matt Walsh writes, a listener to his show tells me that he's, oh, okay, so this is a a different one, but this is interesting. I'm a wrestling fan, as people know. A a listener to the show tells me that he's in high school, he's in a high school wrestling Uh, and they are no longer allowed to shake hands with their opponents before or after the match due to COVID restrictions. You getting that? The high school wrestler calls into the show and says they're no longer allowed to shake hands with their opponent before or after they wrestle each other. They could still wrestle each other, though. That's the key. It's all science, folks. Just science. Think about that. You could wrestle a guy for seven minutes or six minutes, depending on what level you're at. But you can't shake their hand? You could actually twist their fingers and grab them by the neck and toss them on their head, but you're not allowed to shake their hand. Tell me that's not conditioning. Tell me that. And I'll sell you a bridge in Brooklyn. Shem Horn writes, unless Senator Tim Scott is going to call out the fraud in the 2020 election, the illegal spying on President Trump and everyone involved with him, I won't watch it. Not for one second. I'm sick and tired of hearing the GOP give hollow speeches that mean absolutely nothing. Charlie Kirk writes, are we really supposed to believe America is on the move? When a half-empty room of fully vaccinated people are wearing masks for no apparent reason? So Senator Tim Scott denounces critical race theory 
and his response to Biden's speech tonight. We have turned critical race theory into a national uh, issue and conservative political leaders are starting to fight back. Thank you. And Molly writes, and we're going to play that clip in just a second. That They have a clip there, but there's a longer clip that I want you to hear. And I want to go ahead and play that one instead. Only thing stupider than propaganda media trying to make thing a thing about Tim Scott not saying uh, name a former president on night of current president's big speech is that he did actually mention Trump. He thanked Trump for the vaccine, something Mr. Unity was unable to be gracious enough to do. So uh, Biden should have thanked Trump for the vaccine rollout, but they didn't. And they tried to, and the media tried to spin it as, the, as though the vaccine was not, did not deliver a shot in the arm. All right, so Twitter is still out there going out of its way to make racism attacks against GOP Senator Tim Scott go viral. Apparently, they want him to suffer for the crime of upstaging Biden via a highly effective speech, and it's disgusting. Joseph Wolfson writes, MSNBC's Nicole Wallace following Senator Tim Scott's speech. Operation Warp Speed did didn't do anything to get a needle in the arm, so a lot of disinformation. Mm, does she not realize what's actually in the needle that was the product of Operation Warp Speed? It's called a vaccine. So Tim Scott explodes Democrat race narrative with inspiring family story. Now I'm going to go ahead and play this. Um, I think there's going to be a little commercial here, so we're going to try to mute that. Um, yeah, I Did you know re- that your toughest cleaning problems can be caused uh, by hard water metals? And they lock in residues know, this is like rumble, a glue by the way. on your hard surfaces and fabrics. I, I already played this once. Try Nine Elements. It's so vinegar-powered deep um, clean. Dissolves hard water buildup. We're going to have to uh, close that part. And then I, I can mute it through my mixer. But uh, uh, what he's going to talk about is the critical race theory response to Joe Biden. So let's just go ahead and see what, what we get here. All right, here we go. Nowhere do we need common ground more desperately than in our discussions of race. I have experienced the pain of discrimination. I know what it feels like to be pulled over for no reason, to be followed around the store while I'm shopping. I remember every morning at the kitchen table, my grandfather would open the newspaper and read it, I thought. But later I realized he had never learned to read it. He just wanted to set the right example. I've also experienced a different kind of intolerance. I get called Uncle Tom and the N-word by progressives, by liberals. Just last week, a national newspaper suggested my family's poverty was actually privilege. Because a relative owned land generations before my time. Believe me, I know firsthand our healing is not finished. In 2015, after the shooting of Walter Scott, I wrote a bill to fund body cameras. Last year, after the deaths of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd, I built an even bigger police reform proposal. But my Democratic colleagues blocked it. I extended an olive branch. I offered amendments, but Democrats used a filibuster to block the debate from even happening. 
My friends across the aisle seem to want the issue more than they wanted a solution. But I'm still working. I'm hopeful that this will be different. When America comes together, we've made tremendous progress, but powerful forces want to pull us apart. A hundred years ago, kids in classrooms were taught the color of their skin was their most important characteristic. And if they looked a certain way, they were inferior. Today, kids are being taught that the color of their skin defines them again. And if they look a certain way, they're an oppressor. From colleges to corporations to our culture, people are making money and gaining power by pretending we haven't made any progress at all. By doubling down on the divisions, we've worked so hard to heal. You know this stuff is wrong. Hear me clearly. America is not a racist country. It's backwards to fight discrimination with different types of discrimination. And it's wrong to try to use our painful past to dishonestly shut down debates in the present. I'm an African-American who's voted in the South my entire life. I take voting rights personally. Republicans support making it easier to vote and harder to cheat. And so do the voters. Big majorities of Americans support early voting and big majorities support voter ID, including African-Americans and Hispanics. Common sense makes common ground. But today, this conversation has collapsed. The state of Georgia passed a law that expands early voting, preserves no-excuse mail-in voting, and despite what the president claimed, did not reduce Election Day hours. If you actually read this law, it's mainstream. It will be easier to vote early in Georgia than in Democrat-run New York. But the left doesn't want you to know that. They want people virtue signaling by yelling about a law they haven't even read. Fact checkers have called out the White House for misstatements. The president absurdly claims that this is worse than Jim Crow. What is going on here? I'll tell you, a Washington power grab. This misplaced outrage is supposed to justify Democrats' new sweeping bill that would take over elections for all 50 states. It would send public funds to political campaigns you disagree with and make the bipartisan Federal Elections Commission partisan. This is not about civil rights or our racial past. It's about rigging elections in the future. And no, the same filibuster that President Obama and President Biden praised when they were senators, the same filibuster that the Democrats used to kill my police reform bill last year, has not suddenly become a racist relic just because the shoe is now on the other foot. Race is not a political weapon to settle every issue the way one side wants. It's far too important. All right. So, you know, I people were raving about his response. And frankly, I'm not the biggest Tim Scott fan, um, I will admit. I think he's a bit of a rhino himself. Um, but um, I will uh, tell you, I've gotten a few responses. There's a woman named Faye. Uh, says, please stop playing Biden speeches. He's a moron. <laughs> no one cares what he has to say. He's ripping this country apart. And I agree. 
Uh, I play probably the fewest Biden. Uh, I don't know. I I can't I can't imagine anybody having a daily show, and you know, and and giving Biden less airtime than anybody that but me. Uh, I don't know anybody that gives Biden less airtime than me. Um, only because I don't even acknowledge him as a legitimate winner of a presidency. I look at uh, and I'm I'm hoping to. I'm actually hoping to see that the numbers are going to reflect that of the Oscars. I think that the two are sort of in the same envelope there in a the sense that people are tired of the political righteousness of the left, whether it's a Hollywood elitist or a Washingtonian aristocrat. I think that they're all in the same boat. And I, I don't think they uh, deserve any credence whatsoever. Uh, so I'm, I'm right there, you know, with Faye. Um, also, that's uh, Lynn Kelly writes. That's why uh, if we don't rectify the 2020, there will never be a Republican president again. Voter fraud would be the same for other elections also. One way to win somebody over. He didn't. Uh, yeah. So here's the thing. You know, the point is related to um, Tim Scott talking about. Early voting in Georgia. I didn't like that because I don't believe in early voting. I believe in day of voting. I believe in voting in person. I believe in voter ID. I don't believe in ballot harvesting. I don't believe in mail-in voting. I don't believe in voting without a chain of custody. I don't believe in voting where you can sell your vote or your vote could be bought for a hit of crack. Like, has been done in Kentucky. Everything I just mentioned actually happened. Not not necessarily in 2020, but over the course of the last two decades, there have been cases litigated where people were given 20 bucks or a hit of crack with their teeth falling out, gave up their vote for an hour of comfort from their addictions. The Democrats never cared about their well-being. Meanwhile, we have... um, Here, it says, President Biden. It was a murder in full uh, light of day, and it ripped the blinders off the whole world to see the systematic racism. And so Noah Pollack writes in response to this, And this was not in the speech last night. This was in uh, something from April 20th where he and Kamala Harris were talking about, uh, you know, the uh, what happened on January 6th. I don't know what happened um, with the knee on the neck, right, of uh, George Floyd. So they were trying to exploit George Floyd, just like Kamala Harris tried to exploit Jussie Smollett until it blew up in her face because she was such a moron. But here it says, Noah Pollock writes in, systematic racism is such a perfect Marxist, and this is really important that you listen to this. I thought it was a great uh, explanation as to what systematic racism is being used as. Noah Pollock writes, systematic racism is such a perfect Marxist formulation. It delegitimizes an entire society without blaming anyone in particular. 
So it generates little opposition. It signifies everything and nothing simultaneously. It can't be proven or disproven. It's genius propaganda. And that's why the Democrats keep going to that well. That's why they keep going to the well. The Gateway Pundit's been up on this, and he says, GOP elites dumped Trump. Weakling Kevin McCarthy and rhino Lindsey Graham pushed Tim Scott for president after his rebuttal to China Joe. Let's take a listen and see what Tim Scott was up to. Again, this is... It's like most every Democrat says, do as I say, not as I do. I mean, he never even read the bill before he tells people. And who were the big losers in that? All the small businesses that were in Georgia. They could have made tremendous amounts of money. I'm actually going to be there Monday talking to the small businesses about that. But the part that made the most history tonight, this will be the first time the response has upstaged the president. People are going to start talking tomorrow that Tim Scott running for president. Could you imagine him on the debate stage versus Joe Biden? It's not even close. His most compelling story about the exceptionalism of America. When Tim, who is a close personal friend, tells that story of his grandfather, who has his two grandsons at the kitchen table every day in that newspaper in front of him, it was only years later did Tim find out his grandfather could not read, but wanted a better life for his grandsons because he knew that's what America meant, that he wanted him involved in the current events. And now Tim Scott is the first black American ever to be elected to Congress and to Senate. You know, I'm, I'm looking at this agenda now. There's only, what, five, six seats that separate the majority that that Nancy Pelosi has, and I would argue she's not really the speaker anyway. Uh, I would say that would be the squad and Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez. But I, but I ask you, this now, everything that is happening, can they get this through Congress, meaning the House and the Senate? Because the Republicans have the power. They've got 50 U.S. senators. And if they hold the line and they walk out and they don't allow a quorum to start, None of these radical ideas can get passed. It'll stop there. Do you have confidence in Mitt Romney, Lisa Murkowski, and guys like Ben Sass? Because I don't. I think if we all hold the line together, we can stop it, even in the House. Just like most. Well, we shall see, right? Uh, we shall see about that. Terry uh, from Arkansas writes in, idiot Joe Obama. It's consent of the governed. No one consents to his regime. That's true. That's true. Absolutely true. And so what we have is, you know, we have communism knocking on our door. We have multiculturalism uh, knocking the doors down. We have uh, this whole farce of we're going to tax the rich and give to the poor or the rebuild the middle class. All that is just hogwash. The rich already got rich. Now they're just paying the club fee. That's all it is. That's all it ever was. The rich get rich based on the perks and the tricks and the access that nobody else has. The multinational trade deals the World Trade Organization, the World Health Organization, the patents, and the controls. CDC is no less corrupt than any other government institution, whether it's the IRS or any other agency. 
It's all corrupt. And that's one thing we've learned is that our medical industry is as corrupt as any other. They say oil's a dirty business. At least there you kind of know what you're getting. With this academia world, whether it's the universities and the tenure track or whether it's the medical professions, they're all in bed with the lobbyists and the cartels, the poppy seed fields in Afghanistan, the human trafficking for drugs, the open borders to make the cartels' lives so much easier, the Mitch, cocaine Mitches of the world and their shipping lanes and the distribution channels and supply chains on the black markets and the gray markets. That's what the government is there to serve. It's not there to serve you, the people. That's why Biden is just so much a moron that he would literally say, and I'm glad I played that clip of him talking about how America is an idea. No, it's a country. And how America, we the people, is the government. That, that right there is an admission of guilt. If I was a, an attorney and he was, he was on the stand, he would be guilty of misrepresenting his people or the people, not even his people. He's representing his people all right. I misspoke. But he is, mis- he is representing his people. His people are the people that live in D.C. Inside the Beltway. His people are the Democrats on the far left that he is serving. His people are the people that give his campaign campaign financing. That's all he's concerned about. The only way you can actually be a politician for 50 years and be as stupid as Nancy Pelosi, Maxine Waters, Ocasio-Cortez, or Kamala Harris, or Joe Biden, with his son Hunter hanging in the wings, the only way you could actually be in office that long is through sheer corruption. And the thing is, is that there's nothing to redistribute. Once you crush the middle class, there's no class to give to. And once you give access to unbelievable sums of opportunity and money to the corporations and the patent owners like Bill Gates and all these different big tech companies, they've already gotten all the carrots. They're perfectly willing to say, okay, I got a 2,000% profit uh, gain in the wake of COVID, and we won the battle. They didn't win the war, but they won this battle. They're prepared to give back as if a charade or a charade, as if, you know, a symbolic gesture. But merely what they are really only doing is they're paying a dues. They're paying the dues to be a member of the club. You know those fancy golf clubs where you get to talk to the rich and the power and elite? Those things cost $25,000 a year sometimes, maybe more. I don't even know. I've never been part of that world. But I'll tell you that they're happy to pay it. 
they're happy to pay for their child to go to a $50,000 a year school, even if it's in the eighth grade. Privilege. Access. They're happy to pay the $250,000 a year to send their child to Harvard. The trick is getting their child in. A child like a Hunter Biden, big-time loser, can get in anywhere he wants, provided you know the right person. And you'll pay out the nose to do it. But whose money are you really spending, huh? So I'm basically going to take all the money from the middle class, suck it out, suck them dry, put it into my rich class, then I'm going to pay more taxes on it. Basically, that's going to turn around and be campaign donations. And it's going to be cyclical, like the Planned Parenthood, where you have Christian conservatives paying taxes and their tax dollars go to something that they oppose more than life itself, and that is Planned Parenthood. And they oppose it, but yet their money gets distributed to it. They don't want to finance it. It goes against everything they believe in. But they end up financing it anyway because they don't even have a choice. Because the government doesn't speak for them. Their representatives aren't working for them. And that's what Washington has become. It's been this way for a long time, yes. But it's become so obvious and transparent now. And you know who we owe a debt of gratitude for that? Donald J. Trump. He is the one that unmasked the villain in D.C. He is the one that opened our eyes to this entire fiasco. And he is the one that should have his rightful place in a second term if he wants it. And he is the one that the people will give it to. America first to make America great again. That's the, that's the mantra. And with that, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. Be sure to check out magapack.org, buglecall.org, scottadamshow.com for the podcasts, and redstatetalkradio.com. And uh, today is the day that Alan Locke gets uh, buried and uh, um, his uh, funeral is today. I uh, want to send my heartfelt condolences to the Locke family and the people over at 1180WFYL.com and with that we'll see you next time on the radio bye bye everybody I'm from a small town in Tennessee a long way from the suits in D.C. but close enough now to see this mess where I stand, the mound's getting steeper They grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper Just to bury my kids right up to there